0: Welcome to the
1: Roboticist Chronicles, an ARC specialties podcast, where we get into the nuts and bolts of robots, automation, and the implications of an evolving machine workforce. Hello, this is Dan Alford, and you're listening to the Roboticist Chronicles. If you follow us, you know that I'm a huge fan of A3's system integrator program, and part of this certified system integrator program is periodically you're audited to make sure you stay in compliance. And so we have an expert in the subject, Charlie Young, is down here from A3 doing the annual audit of the ARC Specialty
0: Systems Integrator Program. Welcome to the show. Well, Thanks, Dan. It's a honor to be here. I'm quite impressed with your company, and it's been a nice few days with
1: you. Well, I just wanted to get everybody to be a little bit more aware of this program, because I'm a huge fan. There's only, by my count, around 38 companies. Robotic- right, around,
0: right around 40, and we've got a number of companies in line to be audited. Oh, good. So people are starting to fall in line. It is starting to fall in line. And, you know, we've had some uh, situations occur in the last few weeks that kind of have been difficult on us. Uh, One of the champions of the industry, Michael Kunkel, passed away last week. And Mike Mm -hmm. was my partner as an auditor. So that's created a little bit of opportunity to look at the program again. And put some marketing efforts to it, and grow the program. So we're really excited about that part.
1: Of it. Like I said, I'm a huge
0: proponent. But before
1: we get into the program, I want to know about you. So t- to be a robot systems integrator
0: auditor, you must know something about the industry. Give us some history. Oh, well, where do I start? So you know, I'm a I'm an older guy now, and I decided to retire about a year and a half ago. And uh, Mike Kunkel good friend of mine was a customer of mine back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s with Harley-Davidson. So my history goes back to, I graduated from college in 1981. And out of college, I jumped into the fixed automation business with a company in Connecticut, Harper Manufacturing. Was
1: this finishing?
0: It was. It so you metal doing polishing, polishing polish buff, grind, gotcha. and so forth. And, uh, you know, that's where I got my roots. That's but this is before robots. You're talking about hard automation. This is way back. Yep. This is where you learn the fundamentals. And I was mentored by a couple of great people back then, John Harper and Tom Andrew. And they they instilled the foundation that I grew with. So I was with them for 11 years. And we parted ways. Uh, and I went to a company in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Hammond Road to Finish, owned by Rob Hammond. Um So, well, let's step back a little bit. Under Harper in 1988, um, being a fixed automation company, we looked at the future and, and the ability to go flexible. And robots were just beginning to make their way mm-hmm. into the industry. And a company, Yamaha. It was actually Yamaha Robotics. It was part of Yamaha Industry. They make a few motorcycles, some pianos, and some robots. So they have two divisions. They have the Motorcycle Motors Division, and then they have the Piano Industries Division. Where do the robots fit? So that's that's a great question. So uh, anyway, we touched base, and Yamaha came to us, and it was the Yamaha Industries. And they developed a unique robot, even by today's standards, very advanced. And they did it for themselves. And it was a metal finishing robot with custom software, closed-loop feedback, some awesome, awesome stuff. And it was designed by them for them. And they rolled out a few hundred of them in their factories. And then someone decided to, let's try and market this to the United States. So they came and met with a number of companies. And Harper was one of the initial companies. And another company, Hammond Rotofinish, was another one. And we signed on with them. And that was my first introduction to robots, and it was a super easy to use robot with a very uh, interesting teach pendant, one like you've never seen. I you never know, have was, seen a Yamaha. Oh, you have never seen anything like this. It was it was a table with hand grips, and you would X, Y, and Z with the left hand, yaw, pitch, and roll with the right hand. Enter points. It was uh, the language was. Very easy. It was just a tremendous I could teach a guy to program a robot literally in 10, 15 minutes. Okay, you're saying your finishing parts, what do you mean? Like wrenches, wheels, body parts? So, what are we talking about? So we're buff brush polish. So it could be wrenches, it could be uh uh it was low production, high tolerance parts, knee implants. is a perfect example. Uh boat propellers, something that there's a lot of complexity and difficulty and tough to get people to do so anyway back in night stepping back to 1980 I started with Yamaha and learned on the Yamaha robots spent a lot of time in Japan and then uh, we began delivering a few of them to the industry uh, with that we grew a relationship with ABB so my my good Swedish robots yeah at the time it was very Swedish um it was actually a SEIA in the very early days. a day. Brown Bavari, Exactly. So, so, um, so where we go from there is, uh, I became pretty well versed in the ABB robot and rapid language back when they had S3. Um, I pivoted out of Harper in 1992 and went to Hammond Road to finish. So Hammond was in Kalamazoo, Michigan, very vertically integrated company. And, uh, just a, a real nice place to work. And uh, we, they were also a Yamaha integrator at the time. So it was a natural for me to go mm-hmm. over there. And we grew with them through the uh, ABB line and some FANUC product. Also a little bit of Mitsubishi. Well, we were primarily a uh, an ABB integrator. So I've always been pretty well versed in ABB. I was with them for 13 and a half years. And my son graduated high school in 2004. And I had known the Carlson's, Fritz and Glenn Carlson. Acme Manufacturing. For my whole career. And they had many times said, Charlie, if you ever want to come to work for us, if you ever get tired of this or whatever. Well, 2004 rolls around. My son Dan graduates. I'm, a, I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, well, you know, I've done what I can do for Rob. I think I'm going to make a change. And I pivoted over to Acme, um, Auburn Hills, Michigan. And uh, I also pivoted at that point from a guy that I was always front line, but I like to sell the project and follow the project through, right down to, to intense projects, do my own program. Because I kind of know what I wanted it to but do. But that's the hard part. Yeah. And and when I went to work for Fritz and Glenn, um, That is not something they wanted me to do. They wanted me to be frontline, but not a programmer. So that was an adjustment period right there. Quite a bit of an adjustment. Um, I was with Acme the last 16 and a half years. Um, I was at a point in my life where I could afford to retire, get out of the day-to-day grind. Congratulations. I enjoy, thanks. I enjoy the industry, but I just, the day-to-day grind just was, just was, just getting old. So, um, but you couldn't go cold turkey. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to stay engaged. So, uh, shortly after I retired, and that would have been the first of, uh, a year and a half ago, January, um, Mike Kumpel touched base with me. Now, Mike was a customer of mine at Harley Davidson, I said earlier. And Mike is the chief auditor. So he says, Charlie, I understand, uh, you're retired. You want to stay involved in the industry. I said, well, you know, Mike, I don't know, it's going to have to be the right situation because, you know, I just, I don't want to have to do anything. I kind of want to do the fun stuff and leave the other stuff to, you know, other people. He goes, well, we've got an opening at A3, and what we're looking for is an auditor. And he knew my background and said, uh, I think you'd be really good at it. And I said, I don't know. Or no, Mike. I've always been, I've always been the guy trying to convince you why to use our stuff. And now you're asking me to be the guy on the other side of the table and saying, "Okay, you say you do this, Dan. Show me. Prove it. it. <laughs> Let's see it." So we'll see how that goes. So um, I spoke with uh, Jeff Bernstein, the president, and uh, you know we just said, "Let's give it a try and see where it goes." And I must say, I've audited. In the last year and a half, right around 18 to 20 companies. Half of the the companies that are certified. And, and I've also, as part of it, I not only certify companies, but I get to work with their technicians. And I actually think that's the best part of the job. I mean, I, I've, I've met all types. Mm -hmm. I've met the young kids that know it all. I've met the old masters. Um, and I, I really enjoy that. So the program has, you know, a uh, uh, works through uh, scorecards to begin with. And let's say your company, I sat down yesterday with John and we reviewed your scorecard. There are 25 questions on the scorecard and we basically go through everything from, you know, are you ISO certified? Some companies find that important, other companies don't. Are you... Um, you know, what your ERP system is, and up to how many robots a year, mm-hmm. how big's your engineering group, and so forth. And at the end of the scorecard, we have an average score. And to even be up for certification, you have to meet a minimum score. And what that does, and the, and I think it's you know, as a as a frontline guy years ago, I think the advantage there is, you know. I, I used it heavily because what it does, it separates the, the real players from the garage shops. And a guy like you could totally understand that. You put a lot of effort Yeah, hey, I was a garage shop. <laughs> so you know the transition. Oh, I know the transition. On. That's why we were so pleased when we couldn't achieve yeah, you know, these standards, meet these standards. And, and I've, I've talked to many people, and they say, you know, what's the value in it? And I'm like, well, you have to understand, it's, it's not a necessary evil. It's, it's valuable. You can actually sit in a sales presentation and look. Say, look, we are a certified robot integrator. And to meet that certification, we have to check these boxes. There's no shortcutting. Safety it. assessments. Safety assessments. That's huge. Support behind it. Programming knowledge. Programming knowledge. All aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I, I say all I all I would do is I would put it out there that you know, we achieved this certification. It's not easy. And all we look for is to level the playing field. If you're reviewing other
1: companies. I'm not going to say it's not easy. We, my guys were more nervous about it way back eight years ago whenever we started than they should have been. I told them, don't worry. You guys are good. And sure enough, you know, they passed the flying colors. So let's not discourage anybody listening here. It's, it is doable. If you're capable, it's very easy. And if you're not, you shouldn't be in the business. And if, you, and if you're not, it's very difficult. You know, I always say the biggest use of robots in America is dust collection. You buy them, they don't work. They sit in the back and collect right. dust, and it gives our whole industry a bad name. And that's why I'm such an advocate
0: for your program. It's a, it's an excellent program. Um, again, I go to the technicians. Uh, we have a uh, scorecard for the technicians also, and in that scorecard, um, it's a five-question thing, and it looks at their experience and their education level, and basically um, sets a minimum requirement to test for expert. Now, But you can offset education with experience and, and, and
1: vice versa, right? So
0: if you have a very experienced guy, mm-hmm. the education is secondary. It's weighted. Right. If you have more than four years in the industry doing it, it automatically up, upgrades you to a... See, that's reasonable. Oh, it's very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Very reasonable.
1: Well, you know, I tell people the analogy that I like is back in the late 1800s, we started having uh, steam engine boiler failures. They started to explode and uh, a lot of fatalities. And what was the solution? It's a voluntary system of codes and specs started by ASME, pressure vessels. And to this day, this is the the predicate. This is the, the policy that works across the globe. Nobody has to be an ASME certified anything, but you can't get insurance without it. You can't sell anything without it. And that's what I'm hoping your program does, is it grows into a point where people realize how how valuable it is.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's evolving. We'll put it this way. And, but as I mentioned, um, the fellow mentoring that mentored me, Mike Kunkel, um, unfortunately passed away suddenly last week. And that's a great loss. And, uh, it's something that we're striving to, uh, he's a difficult guy to replace, but something we're striving to look at the program and how can we improve the program and how can we grow.
1: I think uh, we, I think you're uh, the perfect we, case. Get get we, the guy that's been there done that. Yeah, and wants well, wants it, to stay in it.
0: It's it's a you know, I I actually have a lot of fun. You Good. know, I I visit companies like yours and no two companies are the same and the individuals I get to meet are, are you know, all kinds of stories. I mean, it's a, it's a rewarding aspect there for sure. And you think you're here to
1: audit us. I think you're here to teach us because I, I don't want perfect scores, and we didn't get them, and and that's good. I, I actually have some other folks that we pay large sums of money to come in and criticize us. So I'm looking forward to the the final review. I'm I'm a fundamental guy. I mean, uh, I remember we came in. You said you got to know TCP. There's people that can't spell TCP,
0: but I'm with you. That's an essential so, so skill. I am a hard line on TCP, and so everyone knows center it. point for anybody for that center, doesn't know center point and. Um, you know, if the foundation isn't solid, the system's going to have problems. And at some point, you'll have to uh, deal with it. And the guys all know it, and I show them examples. And mm-hmm. um, your guys were exceptional. And I'm not just saying that. Your guys were exceptional. They've yeah, been, I've been there. fun to work with this week. And, uh, you know, it's we'll see where it goes. I mean, it's uh, it's it's
1: exciting. It's fun. Rewind a little bit. We haven't said anything about A3, you know, and uh, I'll probably slip up during our, our uh, conversation today and call it RIA, because when I joined, it was Robotics Industrial Association, which, if I have the history right, was a part of Society of Manufacturing Engineers, and they, they split off around 84 if I have that right. And Sounds
0: start, about right, yeah.
1: Because they had, uh, SME, Society of Manufacturing Engineers, had two programs. One of them was RI, Robotics International. That's for individuals. I was a member. And the RIA and the 84
0: split off. And now we've got a new change, right? So A3 is a joining. Uh, it, it's um, Association of Advancing Automation.
1: I would love to see this whole... Uh, systems integrator program grow. And I think to do it, I think we need customers to have great appreciation for it. We need integrators not to be afraid of it because people are afraid to try
0: this. So so we need to uh, get with the robotic companies, I think, as part of it. Yes. And we need to... Um, and the tooling companies. And, and I talked to Jeff a little bit about this the other day. We need to kind of bring some more marketing into the program and kind of get the program to be something that, instead of a necessary evil or something that scares company, pivot it to where companies understand the value to it and want to become a part of it and where robot companies can help promote it and, and you know, make it advantageous because it truly is helpful.
1: It is. You know, the reason I'm uh, uh, ARC Specialties is a systems integrator is because of Gene Robotin. Oh, Gene. okay she's she's big at a three and yes, she is. Uh, so if everybody knew Gene, she'd twist their arm and uh, force them all to join like she did us but but I have no regrets uh and uh, like I said a huge advocate for it so I hope this year at the a three convention we push it a little harder
0: I think you'll see that I'm Good. sure you'll see that I think you'll see that also at automate mm-hmm. so yeah it's been a pleasure being here and uh you know i I enjoyed working with you and your guys it was quite a uh Quite an interesting day today with the tour, also. Well, um, you know,
1: we, we do such a variety of things that that's uh, keeps it in, keeps it interesting for us. I'm, I'm sure it makes it more challenging for you, you know, because typically your integrators are more specialized.
0: I suspect. Um, you see a full full array. I see everything from companies like yourself to, you know, I I, I have learned coming out of the metal finishing industry that was very niche, uh, very specialized. And I usually knew everyone who I would be called competing against and their strengths and weaknesses. I usually, I Mm -hmm. I try to know everyone's strengths and weaknesses. I have learned the welding industry is something else. That is a, that is a tough industry. There are many very capable integrators in the welding industry. Right. There's quite an education there. That's, that's one that's another advantage to being a member of
1: a3 is it's a huge uh, resource for data mm-hmm. and so uh, I haven't seen the latest one but I, I believe that welding if you include resistance welding is always a very significant part of the robotics pie chart each year yeah,
0: you have to be uh, to, to be uh, strong in the welding industry you you have to be very capable
1: well you gotta know the process. Yeah, you, know, you can't build a finishing robot if you don't know finishing either.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Much more niche industry though. I mean the welding industry is a much broader industry. But uh yeah, so I mean it's been very rewarding there. And and again, I keep going back to it. I like sitting down and working with the technicians, your guys this week, the stories that come out. Because I, I I try and peel it back a little bit and say, you know. Let's get some of that experience, kind of. I don't want to hear all the good stuff either. I like. Oh the, no, you learn like more it, from the bad stuff. You know, I, I I love it when a guy says, oh, "I never crashed a robot." Everyone who's done anything has crashed a robot. Well, it's yeah. the ones that crash them a bunch I got a problem with. I,
1: I, I was a programmer for four years and crashed twice. And, and I, I believe the robots feel pain. I think everybody should believe that, so you'll minimize the number of times you crash. But
0: I also see people that think crashing is routine, and it's not. Uh, Yeah, no, that's uh, not good. The other thing the program does an excellent job on is um, enforce the safety, that robot systems are designed with safety in mind first. And uh, one of the aspects I go through is a safety risk assessment with all the companies and make sure that's being done properly. And then as I walk the floor, look at systems and just, you know, make sure they're, they're doing the right thing.
1: Now, let me see if I got this right. You guys wrote the safety specs, which were ultimately adopted for robotics by OSHA. So they go to you.
0: That's correct. Yeah.
1: That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so it is. So we've got the OSHA is, has accepted A3 as the experts in robot safety.
0: Our Our safety standards are the ones that are followed. That's correct. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome. So you want to touch on collaborative robots?
1: That's all you know. We've opened well, up such a can of worms with collaborative robots because as soon as you give the collaborative robot, which is supposed to be intrinsically safe, a dangerous tool, you've compromised that.
0: So, um, you know, we briefly touched base on that yesterday. But uh, uh, myself, I am still getting my head around collaborative robots. Um, I am not an expert in collaborative. Um, y'all are generating a new spec just for it right they are generating a new spec for it and um, I visited you know many companies now and one of the first things I look for is okay collaborative robots and uh, my old company we did some work with collaborative robots but the metal finishing industry is very non-collaborative right because you need higher forces than most collaborative forces, robots can generate and you're working with Sharp devices or mm-hmm. grinders. So it's a non collaborative environment. So it's, it's difficult. And what we would run into is we'd put a nice collaborative robot in there and we'd have to put safety fencing up or scan. Anyway, or, mm-hmm. regardless, anyway. So then it comes down to weighing out is it, is it better to go collaborative or should we just use an industrial robot? And, and, and so, you know, that was my initial understanding of it. I have visited a couple of companies that I've had, have been Quite successful, and it really becomes a, a, a thought process. Those companies just embrace it, and they work around it. And, and the collaboratives that I've seen successfully integrated have been in material handling, right. assembly, mm-hmm. and also welding. Welding appears to be a growing arena for it. But uh, honestly, I haven't. I, I, I'm just not not understanding enough about it, and, uh, how it fits in the welding industry because that's one of those non-collaborative environments. So. But it's still collaborative during the programming process, so I
1: see merit to the whole thing. So, But I'm just glad you guys are having to write the spec, and I'm not. So <laughs> keep up the good work. Awesome. So
0: what else did we want to talk about? Did we miss something? You know, I I think we've, uh, we've covered quite a broad range. I really don't have anything that... Uh, that I think I've left off. Well,
1: what about this? There might be some kids out there. Has it been a good career for you? Because I've had I've had a wonderful life. I would recommend robots to anybody. I've got to travel. I've got to tackle interesting challenges.
0: It's been an awesome life. Okay, I've traveled the world. I've been to thirty-eight countries, forty-nine states. Wow, you got me beat. Now I aspire. <laughs> I've got the best license plate in Michigan. It's I've had people try and buy my license plate. What's company. it say? Robots. Wow, that's got to be valuable. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as as you know, I was able to retire prior to sixty five. Yeah, you're so you're younger been, than me. It's been rewarding. Oh uh, yeah, but I have to stay active in something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So at any rate, it's uh, I mean, I and and the opportunities are endless, and the Technology is evolving rapidly. I mean, walk your floor. Just look at the te- technology you've got on your floor today versus five years ago. It's, it's oh, yeah. amazing,
1: and that's the fun part. You get to continuously try to keep up with new processors, new sensors, and new communication protocol. And so we we live in constant fear of becoming dinosaurs. So we try to we try to keep up by staying yeah. abreast of the technology.
0: It's an interesting company, and uh, and you're definitely forward thinking. And well, you love problems. You oh, live on problems. Yeah, no, no. We, we thrive on problems. <laughs> Send us yours.
1: Well, you're doing something good for our industry because bad integrators are a problem. And I would love to, you know, you, you've been surprised how open we are. We let everybody come in. We let the little integrators come walk through our shop
0: because I think what we need in our industry is more good integrators. Well, you've got an awesome company and um, you've been uh, it's been just a pleasure working with you and your your people this week, and I can't believe how open a shop you are. He literally invites the competition to walk the floor. Everybody invite welcome. him to walk the floor. He tours them. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I the experienced that today, yeah. so it's it, it's interesting. Yeah, that was a friendly competitor. Oh, right? uh, not really a competitor, but it was uh, it was awesome to walk walk your shop. It was great.
1: Well, you keep up the good work because uh, you're doing great things, and I hope to see you at the A3. Where is it this year? Yeah. Somewhere, wherever it is. Hope to see you up there at the, at the meeting. All right. And in good. the meantime, right. if, if, if you're the auditor next year, let's get you back on and get an update. You got it.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back. Thanks again. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on.